Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. We are going to be launching into a new series of talks this morning. Are you excited about that? Did you enjoy the series called The Hustle? Yeah? Come on, living on purpose for a purpose. Now, this series is called Mind Games. Mind Games. And the passage of scripture we're going to use kind of our GPS system throughout these next few weeks is out of Romans 12, starting in verse 1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And our heart over these next few weeks is that we would begin to win the war of our thoughts. To begin to win the war of our thoughts. How many of you know that thoughts are powerful things? How many of you are thankful that I cannot uh, hear what you think? Even right now, you might be thinking something that you had the thought, I'm glad I didn't say what I thought. How many of you have said some things that you thought? And it was like a bomb exploding in your relationship and in your marriage. And you might still be living in the aftershock of that thought. Right? Your thoughts are very powerful things. But the beautiful thing is, is that in in, in light of having a renewed mind, your thoughts don't just simply have the ability to destroy. Your thoughts actually have the ability to restore. And according to Romans 12, too, that, that a renewed mind, when we get our, that war of our thoughts under control, when we get a renewed mind, we have the power uh, to restore. And it will guide us, as the passage puts us, into the perfect will of God. That when, when we win the war of our thoughts, it helps us rightly see where God wants us to be. Now, I'm a pattern guy. I like patterns. Anybody else like patterns? Okay, just me and Flynn like patterns and Wes. Okay, I see a smile from John. All right, few a few of us like I thrive in patterns. Okay, I, I like patterns. I do almost the same thing every night. Almost the same thing every morning. Okay, you might think that that's boring. I just think that it's thriving. Okay, now my wife has a pattern as well. She lives in the pattern of never having a pattern. Some of you might be feeling that as well. My wife will drive a longer way home just because that's not the way she went home last time. To me, that makes no sense. Why would you take longer just to be different? I don't get it. It makes no sense to me because I love patterns because without patterns, I'm not safe. I have no safety. Without patterns, I'm that guy. They can't find his glasses when they're on his face. I can't find my car in the parking lot. I can't find my keys. Lord knows I can't find my wallet. Okay? That's why I attach everything to me. That's why I got chains on my wallet. That's why I hook my keys on my belt. Right? It's not because I'm trying to be cool. It's because I'm a pattern guy. Because if you remove the pattern, 
then there's going to be explosion. The explosive things are going to happen. Okay, I need patterns to survive. Now, nothing throws off a pattern guy worse than moving. Because your table that you put everything, that makes sure that you're safe, your pattern, you come in, right? There's a table. There's a table by the door because that's what pattern people do. They put a table by the door, and you come in, and what do you do? The same thing every single day. You put your keys and your wallet and your phone on the table. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to be like my wife. You're going to spend 27 minutes looking for your keys when all you had to do was put on the table. But when you move, the table goes away. This is very difficult for pattern people because my safety net has now been removed. I have no safety. And when you change one pattern to a pattern junkie, it affects all patterns. All of a sudden, now that the table is gone where I put my keys in my wallet and my phone is gone, I don't even know how to live. I live in fear because I know that I'm going to lose something. I know it. I feel it. Just because the table's gone, I get anxiety because the table is gone. That's what happens when you're a pattern person. I put my keys on my pants because I'm a pattern person. Because if I don't put my keys in my pants, I'm going to lose my keys. Right? Now, when you want to do a double whammy, you get a moving truck, and they put a six-inch keychain on the keys. So you can't put it on your pants. So now... I don't have a place to put my keys, and I can't hook my keys to my pants. This was on full display when my wife and I moved from Seattle, Washington, San Diego, California, and we decided, you know what, let's not make this road trip just a beating. Let's make it fun. Let's do some cool stuff. Let's see some cool stuff. So we made this plan. We're going to go here, see this. We're going to drive through this. This is going to be amazing. Now, Liz has family in San Francisco. All right, and so we're like, let's make one of the stops, San Francisco. It's beautiful. We go there, and so Liz gets a hotel in San Francisco, and the plan was that we were going to meet at this hotel because she could go faster than me because the top speed of a box truck loaded with your stuff through the mountains of Northern California is 35 miles an hour. Okay, so she was going to get there way before me, so she's already chilling at her family's house just hanging out. Now, what I was going to do was go get everything checked into the hotel whenever I got there, and then they were going to come pick me up, and we were going to go have dinner. So what happened was I pulled up to this hotel, and it was not as advertised. Does that happen to anybody? You go to a hotel, and the website is not real. So this place is like the shadiest hotel I've ever been in my life. I went into the lobby. I felt like I needed to take a shower. It was like the kind of joint that had the bars where you had to whisper to the guy who was up four, behind four sheets of bulletproof glass and a metal gate, and you had to, like, slip one bill at a time into him, and he's checking it out. It's that kind of a joint, all right? And so I, I call this. I'm like, baby, there ain't no way that we're going to bring our kids here, okay? We're not staying at this hotel. She's like, okay. Don't worry about it. We can just stay with my family. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm just go to this gas station, and she was going to wait, or she was going to come pick me up. So I'm just waiting. So guess what happened when I was at the gas station because I'm a pattern guy? I locked my keys in the car because I can't put them on my wallet. I can't put them on my belt because it's got a six-inch keychain. So now I'm in the parking lot on the phone with my wife figuring out a way to blame her that I locked the keys in the car. Just me or does anybody else do that, right? I'm like, look, if you didn't have family in San Francisco and you didn't make this plan, to come to San Francisco, and you want to go have dinner with your family, we never would. If you wouldn't have got that cheap old hotel thinking you're getting a good deal, then we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have locked my keys in the car. Husband of the year stuff. And, and so I got I to gotta have Papa Lock come and get the keys out of the car, all right, and then they come, and then we make it over to the house. We have a great night. And would you believe I did the same thing the next day? 
because I'm a pattern guy. You take the pattern away, then I'm going to lock my keys in the car consecutive days. It's like, I should have taken stock out of Papa Lock because I made them hit a quota. And within those two days, they're like, follow this dude, man. Don't even just follow that truck. That guy's going to lock his keys in the car again, I promise you, because you take yourself out of a pattern. It's almost like you don't know how to live. You might be thinking like, man, J.D., it's not that hard. Just get your keys out of the car when you get out of the car. And I would look at you and be like, yeah, I know it's not that hard, but I'm a pattern guy. Without patterns, I don't even know how to live. Here's what's crazy about patterns is that they're hard to change. The reason why patterns work is sometimes they set us up for success. But not all patterns are good patterns. And, and so what I want to talk to you about this morning is your pattern is the problem. Your pattern is the problem. The passage says that do not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Mind, you know, you know why it, it it says that we need to be transformed because you can't just halfway get out of a bad pattern. You have to get a new pattern to get out of an old pattern. You can't do your old pattern and hope to get a different result. We have a pattern problem. Don't conform to the patterns of this. World, because you know what the patterns of this world are like? The patterns of this world are like false peaks. Have you ever heard that term, a false peak? Any mountain climbers in the house, right? Just a couple of people that are here this morning, a couple of people that live, live in great outdoors. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. The patterns of this world are like false peaks. Here's what a false peak is. A false peak when you're climbing a mountain is from your perspective, you think that you're looking at the peak. And then when you get up to what you think is the peak, you realize that it's not the peak at all. And so it's called a false peak. This is exactly what the patterns of this world are like. Think about this, the pattern of this world of revenge. Okay? Have you ever wanted to get somebody? I'm talking about get somebody. You know, they hurt you, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe they lied to you, led you on. Maybe they post something on your Facebook and you're like, no, they didn't. And you want to get them back and you want to get them back good, right? Come on, nobody going to talk to me this morning. You want to get them back. You want to hit them in the mouth and you, and you want it to hurt. You want blood to pour from their teeth. Right? Anybody, want, anybody ever wanted to get anybody back? Can we just have some real conversation here? A couple of you guys are acting like you're all churchy people. No, I've talked to some of you. All right? Look, you, I, sometimes I want to get people back. I want to get them back. Good, I'll lay in bed. I'll think about how I want to get them back. I'm thinking about maybe you know what I'm going to say to them next time I see them. Boy, I'm going to let them know. Boy, you just, you would, next time I see them, I'm going to rip them up. I'm going to rip them in half. I'm going to say this. And then you think about it. You rehearse it in your mind. You're laying in bed. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's better. Yeah, that's a better one right there. I'm going to get them with that one right there. That's a good one. No, wait. That's a good one right there. And you're thinking, I'm, I'm going to slam into their car. I'm going to bust their windows out, boy. No. You want to get people back. Revenge is a pattern of this world. 
I'll tell you, it manifests itself whenever I'm driving. Tell you one time I was trying to get on I-35 right over here by Rumberg. You know, you missed that un- entrance on Rumberg on I-35. You got to drive like to Waco before you get on the highway. So that's like your one shot. You miss that. You, you're on the feeder man forever, but you're, you're battling like 75 lights. And this lady in this mint green old Ford truck wearing a white tank top, blonde hair, blue eyes. You better believe I remember what she looked like. She would not let me over. So I am eyeing her as she's getting on the freeway, and I'm on the feeder, and I'm like, I'm going to get you back, lady. I'm having, have you ever had a conversation with somebody who can't hear you? I'm letting her know, boy. And so I drive 20 minutes and find her. I wish I was making this up, man. I wish. This really happened. I found the mint green truck. On the highway, I was like, oh, no, that's her. It's on. I put my car in sport mode. I flew down the highway, got right next to her, and went right in front of her. I look in the rearview mirror, expecting some kind of response. You know what I mean? She's just chilling, just driving. It's a false peak, right? We do stuff like that. We think we're going to feel better. You act out. In revenge, it's a false peak. You think, oh, man, that's what I need. That's going to make me feel better. That's going to make me feel accomplished. That's going to make me do what I feel like I need to happen. And then we do it, and you feel, you actually feel worse. Because not only do you feel bad for doing it, you feel stupid for what you did. Now, i got to go home and be like, sorry, I'm 45 minutes late, Liz. I was chasing a random lady on the highway because she wouldn't let me on. Have that conversation a couple of times. The patterns of this world are false peaks. They're like, you think that you're going to get what you want, but then you get there and you realize that you're worse than before. Jesus began to teach about not conforming to the patterns of this world but having a renewed mind when he would say things like in Luke 6, starting in verse 27, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you and to anyone who takes what belongs to you. Do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Jesus is saying everything that feels natural is a pattern of this world. It's not natural to love your, I mean, it's not natural to not love your enemies, right? What's natural is to love those who hate you. If someone hates you, what are you going to do? What what do you want to do? You want to hate them back. To not conform to the patterns of this world, to be renewed by a transformed mind, by a new mind, to be made completely 180 degrees, you have to understand that first, we have a pattern problem. Oftentimes, we're trying to adjust our behaviors and we're not adjusting our patterns. We're trying to be like, man, I'm never going to do that again, but we don't adjust the pattern that got us into that situation. And how many of you know that your patterns all start with a thought? 
All of your patterns start with a thought. And thoughts have the power not just to lead you down a pattern of destruction, but also to lead you down a pattern of transformation. Thoughts hold an enormous amount of potency. You know, a couple of weeks ago, how many of you guys remember we talked about the story that Jesus told about the prodigal son? Right? We looked at this passage in Luke 15, and we zeroed in on the father's response to the son. And, and we zeroed in on the fact that the father who loved this son back, even though he had told his son, I wish you were dead, just Give me your, just give me my inheritance now. And then he goes to like the Las Vegas of the day and blows his inheritance on whiskey and women, right? And, and, and he has nothing left. And this is what happens. Luke 15, starting at verse 14, it says, After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And then verse 17, when he came to his senses, he had a thought. He had a thought. He had some thoughts that led him down a path of loneliness and destruction, but then he had a thought that was going to lead him into his transformation. And he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And I'm starving to death. He came to his senses. The beginning of him getting his life right was getting his mind right. The beginning of getting his life right was getting his mind right. And the patterns he had conformed to that left him hungry, lonely, and broke with one thought began to shift. So, so how do we begin this process of getting our mind right? How, how do we begin this journey of, of getting a renewed mind to not conform to the patterns of this world? Well, I believe that it's found in verse 1 of Romans 12. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. It all starts with what's in view. I heard an old country preacher say one time, whenever the Bible says, therefore, ask, what's it there for? And I made fun of him. But then I realized he was right. So I looked ahead. I looked back, excuse me. Right before Paul writes this admonishment to us to have, a, to have a transformation in how we think, to not conform to the patterns of this world, this is what he wrote in Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them for? From him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is saying, in view of what God has done, in view of who Jesus is and will always be, worship. Give him everything that you have. Let your view change you. Let your view change you. It really is this simple. We are hardwired to think about what we view. You can't view something and not then think about it. 
And so if you struggle with conforming to the pattern of the wor- of this world of lust, if that's your issue, if you find yourself doing things and looking at things that you hate and regret, you are conforming to the pattern of this world of lust. It will leave you lonely, broken, and isolated. You will destroy everything around you if you allow that pattern. The patterns of this world lead to death. They're false peaks. It's not the pinnacle. It actually leads you just wanting more. They lead to destruction. If you are dealing with the pattern of lust, conforming to the pattern of this world of lust, change your view. Don't consume movies that have tons of sex scenes in them. Don't watch TV shows that are loaded with sexual content. Throw your TV away. If you want to change you, change your view. It's really not complicated. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. But be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you will think about what you view. So if you have an issue, change what you view. Maybe you're a worrier. Maybe your pattern is to worry, to think the world's going to end, that everybody's a terrorist. And, and, and like, you've got to have, like, 80,000 pounds of food in your garage, and everybody's going to, the world's going to end. And you're just consuming Fox News like it's all you have. You're, like, sucking in MSNBC, just like, feed me. Feed me. Come on. Give me more things to be scared of. Man, you watch that stuff, you you will think the world is going to end because you will think about what you view. Don't think that you're going to have a different thought life than what you consume. If if you want a new pattern, if you don't want to conform to the patterns of this world, but you want to conform to the patterns of God, then we need to have Jesus get in view, in view of God's mercies. In view of God's mercies, in view of who he is, in view of how he's forgiven us, in view of what he's made a way for, in view of who Jesus is, in view of him. When we begin to fill our mind and our hearts with the things of God, we will then think about the things of God. So maybe when we're driving in our car, we don't need to listen to gangster rap and talk radio because they're about the same. Maybe we need to consume worship music. We need to fill our minds and fill our hearts and fill our ears with things that's reminding us of the mercies of God in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to feed On the things of God. Maybe instead of going to bed to Jimmy Fallon, we should go to bed to a sermon. What's the worst that can happen? There's some boring preachers out there that put you right to sleep. Might be better for you. I mean, think about it. What would happen if we made a commitment to consume, to view more of God than more of the world? What would happen? I wonder if the things that we feel stuck in, the patterns that we feel like we can't break, would all of a sudden we would find ourselves transformed because we were in view of God's mercy and not just consuming the pattern. Sometimes I think I have made it harder than it needs to be. Personally, 
I've walked around being like, would you stop thinking about that? And I haven't changed what's in view. And I'm just beating myself up about the thought when really I need to change what's in view. And what I see will then become what I think. And my thoughts have power to bring transformation, to bring healing and restoration. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you want to be changed, change your view. My wife and I, as most of you know, adopted some twins from a country named Burundi. Burundi is listed by the UN as one of the hungriest countries in the world. So no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter what status you have, if you live in Burundi, most likely you are familiar with the reality of what it feels like to be hungry. Not to be hungry like we know hungry, where you're like, I'm hungry, and then we go get something to eat. To be hungry, to feel hungry, and not have a way to fill that need in your stomach. And so we knew that going in, and we got some training and people to help us, and we went to different conferences that was giving us perspective that would help us understand the behaviors that they were going to have in light of their world view. Because they only knew what it meant to need. And that shaped everything for them. And so we were told, they're going to steal food from your pantry and hide it. They're gonna, you're going to find stashes of stuff in their rooms. And that's totally normal. And we were like, okay, great. And so one of the things that would happen every single night over that first couple of months is I would end up laying down with my son, Kevin, my adopted son, Kevin. And about every three minutes, he would say, Daddy, come home. It was the only English he really knew at that time. Daddy, come home. And he would take me and we would open up the refrigerator. And he would just look at all the food that was in the refrigerator. And then he would open up the pantry, look at all the food that's in the pantry. And he'd be like, what is that? I'd be like, well, that's for lunch. What is that? Well, that's a snack. It's graham crackers. They're amazing. This would happen every single night. One night, we opened up the fridge, and Kevin noticed, for whatever reason, that we didn't have any Greek yogurt. And it triggered the fear in his heart that his worldview placed there. And so he went into full panic mode. And was weeping, crying, just weeping, 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 weeping. And it was one of those moments that I wish happened more in parenting. <laughs> where I felt just the clear leading of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Anybody else wish that happened more than it does? You know, like your kid's crying and you just know what to do. Most of the time I'm like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a clue. Okay, so don't be impressed. <laughs> this one time, this one time, I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me and it was just this prompt changes view so I scooped this little rug rat up man grabbed him he was in his pajamas put his sandals on his feet loaded him up into the car and we went to H-E-B and I stood him in front of the Greek yogurt refrigerator and his eyes were like huge you know 
we couldn't take them to the grocery store because of their, they would just freak out. They couldn't handle it, you know, but I just felt like this is, I'm about to introduce him to the grocery store. I put his little butt down in front of the Greek yogurt deal and he is just like unbelievable. And I said, Kev, get anything you want. And he's like, you know, I'm like, anything. So he's buying enough Greek yogurt to feed an army. Big smile on his face. He needed a view change. He needed to see things the way they actually were, not just what he had known. Because even though he was in a house that he could have anything that he wanted. If he was hungry, we would feed him. He might not get what he wants to eat, but he'll get food. Because of what his view was for years, he couldn't see it. So we had to go through a journey of changing his view. Because when you change your view, it changes you. And so now we were told that they would probably have food issues for the rest of their lives. That even as adults, they would probably have to keep food on them just as a sense of, I'm going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And would you know that God has already brought, after a year and a half, so much transformation. No food issues, man. They, they, they understand that they will not have any need because they had a view change. Their view has been changed. I, I think Jesus wants to set a few of us free this morning as we begin to change what's in view so that we don't have to conform to the patterns that are leading us down a path of loneliness, lack, isolation, depression, and fear. I think we need to change what's in view. Amen? Stand